Today's show is brought to you by Active. Active is a fabulous app and robust online community that allows you access to top-notch, motivating personal trainers who guide you through an audio-based workout, time to your choosing with fun, perfectly synchronized music. Whether you want to squeeze in a butt-kicking 10-minute no-equipment workout before work or launch a 5K interactive training guide, Active has you covered. Speaking from experience, Active is not just another fitness app. I was blown away by the options and the fun workout experience. Essentially like Netflix for fitness, Active gives members unlimited access to their entire bank of high-end, trainer-led workout classes. So if you're looking for fresh, high-quality, on-the-go motivating workouts that adapt to your lifestyle, I highly recommend Active. Also, because they're just the darn best, Active is even offering Fed and Fit listeners a free 30-day trial. So when you sign up for a monthly subscription at www.aaptiv.com, that's aptiv.com, be sure to enter the promo code FEDANDFIT. One word at checkout and your first 30 days are on the house. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. My name is Cassie Joy Garcia. I am the owner, founder, certified nutrition consultant, and author behind the brand Fed and Fit. I have a, a highly populated food blog over at fedandfit.com. You can find me on social media all over the place by simply searching Fed and Fit. And then I'm also the author of the latest book, I guess, can you guess the title? It's called Fed and Fit. It's available, of course, online, and it's also available in Barnes and Nobles nationwide. And currently, if you're listening to this show, which is airing in late January, it's available in Costco's nationwide. So thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Today's podcast is going to really zero in on one of the founding principles of why I wanted to start the podcast in the beginning was to talk about mindset topics. While I am a nutrition consultant and I spend a great deal of my professional time and activities and energies spent focused on coaching about food and nutrition and the power, the wonderful, amazing, inspiring, healing power built into the human body and how we can unlock that by making strategic food choices. And then I also educate on rest and hydration and physical fitness, you know, kind of the science of exercise and all the things that go into that, which of course, if you've read my book and you've got a copy of it, you know I go into extreme depth there in my book about all those things. Um, But one thing that it's a difficult concept to just singularly articulate is that of a healthy mindset. And while we all understand that stress is not good for our bodies, right? It's not good for our health. It's not helpful at all for me to just tell you, you need to reduce stress in your life. That's not helpful at all. Or telling somebody to stop being so anxious, right? I seriously doubt that that would ever actually help somebody by giving that advice. So I don't. I don't tell you to reduce stress because that's not helpful at all. How do you do that? Right? If anything, me telling you that you need to reduce stress and anxiety is only going to cause more stress and anxiety, Um, or at least it would for me. So what I try to do instead is talk all around it. 
right? Let's just talk about every little nook and cranny we can possibly explore within this giant umbrella that is a healthy mindset and a healthy outlook. And hopefully by casting this really, really wide net, um, you know, some of it you might feel applies to you and some of it doesn't. But hopefully there's something underneath there that you can find comfort in and some direction. So today's show, zeroing in on another little nook and cranny of that giant wide net of a healthy mindset. So this is something that's come up a bunch, and we have talked about on this podcast about how to stay motivated, how the power of giving the benefit of the doubt. Um, oh goodness, we've we've talked about a lot. We're in the 90s of our episodes. Can you believe that? It's been a really fun, long ride, and I just can't wait to see where we go in the future together. But something that's come up recently, and a part of it has happened because of the podcast, a part of it has happened because of the book and getting out there and being able to speak with folks about it. Um, and then a, and then another part of it, funny enough, has happened because of Snapchat, of all things, and Facebook Live videos. Uh, I really, really enjoy video content. I think it's such a really fun way to connect with you guys. Writing is something that I really enjoy. But I find that it's easier for me to communicate via verbal words, like in this podcast, being able to speak with you this way. So you can hear the inflection in my tone. Um, It's easier for me to communicate this way. It's also, and it's 10 times easier for me to do it via video. Because if you do follow me on Snapchat or have seen any of my Facebook Live videos, or if we've met in person at a book signing, um, I I just love being with you guys in a video format or in a live format where we can uh, kind of look each other in the eyes and you can see body behaviors and things like that. And something that's come up over and over again in the last several months since I joined Snapchat, I got, I'll just date it back to that. I think it was about six months ago. <laughs> and, you know, when I started Snapchat is when I started getting this influx of notes from people on a pretty regular basis asking me, how the heck do you stay so positive? You know, this isn't something where I just drink an extra cup of coffee and record my podcast for you guys. Um, And it's not to say that I don't have bad days. I definitely do, and I definitely have bad moods, and all that stuff happens. I'm always going to do my best to put my best foot forward when it comes to talking with you. Um, but But I really, for the most part, I'm a happy person, and... And I'm, I'm not rattled very often. There are certain things that get under my skin just like anybody else, but I feel like I have found ways to get past them. And I have found ways to get back to a state of being more positive and being happier. And today's topic really came to light. I was uh, Julie Bauer, a girlfriend of mine. You guys probably know her. She's over at paleomg.com. And she just launched a new podcast and it's fabulous. And she's doing a wonderful job. And I had the distinct honor of being uh, one of her first guests on her podcast. And she asked me that question. She put out a call for uh, questions that her readers had. And somebody asked that. I think a couple people might have asked, how does she stay so positive? And Julie, you know, who knows me in real life, told everybody that it's really not an act. I really am this way. I kind of bounce around in the morning. I'm like, good morning. When we've stayed places together, I just, I don't know. Life is just so much fun. Um, And I gave her an answer, but I wanted to, and you can pull up that episode. I highly recommend you go and listen to her show. Um, but I wanted to give you guys a dedicated answer. And 
what I've tried to do, I can't help my, my type A brain. I tried to think about that answer, how to stay more positive, and I broke it up into some bullet points that we can talk about, and hopefully you find them actionable, right? Because stay, be more positive or have a positive outlook as a direction or a call to action is just as helpful as me saying, stop being so stressed out, right? It's not helpful at all. And so what I wanted to do was try to, I don't know, I, I did some introspective work and I tried to figure out what is it that allows me to put my best foot forward more times than not. And that's really what it is. It's not about, it's not another avenue to pursue imperfection, right? It's not about being perfect in any of these things. We're all gonna have our ups and downs, but for the most part, there are some tips that I employ that really help me keep a positive, healthy outlook, um, and therefore I'm able to do more positive, healthy work, right? And that's really what it's all about, that I'm that I'm providing, I'm giving more back to the world than I'm taking, um, and and that in turn fills up my little tank just as much as, as, as uh, receiving love from other folks. Okay, so let's talk about it. Some steps to positivity, actionable steps to being positive or having a positive outlook. So the first one I wanna talk about actually did get its very own podcast episode. Uh, I think it was back in the 70s, so scroll back through the archives if you wanna give that a listen to. But something that I use, regularly employ, is the benefit of the doubt. And what I mean by that is I don't ever assume the worst. Now that's not to say I'm not perfect in that pursuit either, but just like a muscle that you build and you get better at, I have spent a lot of very focused, intentional time trying to keep myself from assuming bad things, right? When I get new news, I do my best to, to assume the best outcome. There's no harm in that, right? Um, I forget which military branch. I really should have looked this up before I started recording. Uh, or gosh darn it. It might even be the Boy Scouts. But uh, the slogan is, um, be prepared for the worst, but hope for the best. Right? And so the giving the benefit of the doubt does not mean that I put on my rose-colored glasses and I'm off in la-la land and I want to you know, close my ears and close my eyes to any bad things that happen because I only want to believe the good. No, I still have my pulse on reality, but that doesn't mean that if I don't have actual facts to work with, I'm still going to hope for the best. There's no harm in that. If anything, what you're putting out into the world is only going to help circumstances. So how is this applicable? Let's say if we're just looking specifically at our health, we want to get healthy. We want to go off major medications, get to a point where we can go off major medications, I should say. We want to lose weight. We want to have more energy. We really want to um, do well in school, or we want to have a really healthy relationship, or we really want to meet that perfect person for ourselves, or we really want to fix our relationships, our marriages, our relationships with our parents and our siblings and our friends. Instead of being hopeless in those pursuits and seeing all the things that could go wrong or all the things that you think probably will go wrong while pursuing them, what's the harm in giving it the benefit of the doubt? What's the harm in giving our body the benefit of the doubt that we can heal, that you do have the power to make mostly healthy decisions that are going to right-size your health and wellness? Why not give yourself that benefit of the doubt? Why not give yourself the benefit of the doubt you're going to be able to stick 
to a healthy eating plan or stick to a workout plan or you're going to be able to heal that relationship or that person, that perfect person is out there for you. There's no harm in the benefit of the doubt. Okay, another thing that I employ to really help myself stay positive is I have a, I feel like I have a really good, I, I do I do well with making sure I have perspective on the important things in life. And that, again, it's not to say that I'm perfect in this pursuit. That's not to say that sometimes I don't, you know, lose perspective if the dishes, uh, my husband helps me with the dishes in the kitchen, for example, which is a wonderful, lovely thing that he does. And he will put away the dishes sometimes before I even wake up in the morning. This sweet man makes me coffee and he'll put away the dishes for me so that I have a clean kitchen uh, to work in if I'm going to work in the kitchen that day. It's really wonderful. He's a great man. And something that I've learned is on those days when he doesn't put away the dishes, it throws a kink in my plan. I got too used to it and it would kind of irritate me, right? But I don't I don't necess- I don't have any ground to be irritated by that. It's a bonus. It's a sweet thing that he does. It's not something I'm entitled to. And I have to give myself that perspective and while I might for a split second be momentarily irritated that now all of a sudden my normal day is off because I have to clean the kitchen, what the heck am I talking about? What an honor and a privilege it is to even have a kitchen to clean. And what a privilege it is to be married to a wonderful man that has me so spoiled. Right, that's a really great perspective to hold on to instead of being annoyed. Um, and it sounds so silly even telling you now that I would be annoyed by something like that. And I hope you're rolling your eyes that I would be annoyed by that because I I would roll my eyes at myself. It's just it's so easy to get lost in the minor circumstances of life, the minor setbacks, and the minor things. And it's easy to lose perspective. And it's important in those times if you do find yourself slipping into any sort of an irritant or you feel frustrated by something, look to the deeper thing. Look to what you could be thankful for in that circumstance. And we talked about that, using things to overcome grievances on a recent episode. But what can we be thankful for? I can be thankful for the fact that I have this incredible man in my life, and I can be thankful for the fact that I have the ability to work from home, and I am thankful for the fact that we have a clean house, and I have the ability to clean that kitchen. How cool is that? You know, that I actually have the physical ability to clean. So it's kind of a, I hope that's not too weak of an example to give you, um, but that's really just what came to mind right now because that's real life. That's stuff that could come up any week and every week. So I have perspective. I also like to hold on to perspective with bigger issues, right? It's very easy. I, you know what, some folks say now, nowadays it's, there's so many big issues floating around that folks are losing perspective on or losing hopelessness, feeling, feeling hopeless. Um, in the world and the circumstance around us, whether it's politics, whether it's religion, whether it's larger social issues, whatever it is. And, you know, some perspective in that that I hope offers some comfort is that the world has faced these issues over and over again and humanity has survived and we've done well. And a part of this is just the human process of working through some of these things. And there's no reason to lose hopelessness or feel hopeless in these things right? You can still hope for the best and you can gain some perspective in knowing what you can and cannot control, right? You cannot control society at large. We cannot control what other people think or believe or how they react to things. And so if we can't control it, then do your best to 
what you can control is yourself, right? What we can control is how we react. And even though it can be frustrating to see how other folks act in the world, across every span of every difference of opinion, across how anybody communicates, it's so easy to be frustrated when it's not what we would do or it's not what we think we would, could or should do, what the world could or should be doing. It's easy to be frustrated by those things, but the perspective that I want you to hold on to is that we can't control that stuff, right? And that's a very freeing feeling, right? Because then we're not tempted to slip into any sort of a argumentative conversation where we expend energy in trying to educate somebody else or bring them around um, or gosh, I don't know, help them see the light. I see so much of that. So many people with such great intentions are just trying to help each other see what they see. And at the end of the day, we cannot change somebody's mind. That's up to them. All we can do is go and live a healthy, happy life. And all we can do is control how we react to things. And so you do have the power to hold on to a healthy perspective. It's not to say that you won't feel momentarily frustrated, but use that just like we would with the get dishes in the kitchen, even though you might feel frustrated for a half of a second, or you might feel disappointed for a half of a half of a second, or you might feel even anger towards somebody else in their perspective and their reaction and how they're communicating for a half of a second, acknowledge it and then move past it and know that what you outwardly put into the world is what matters. Okay, and you have control over that. So a healthy perspective is something that I've held on to that I believe has really helped with an overall positive outlook. Uh, Next up would be healthy choices, right? Making really healthy choices when it comes to, this is a no dumb moment, but it makes a big difference. We might think that, um, I don't know, it's one of those things. You don't realize how helpful it is until you're not doing it, right? You don't realize how empowering it is with your healthy mindset to make healthy food decisions, right? To eat mostly healthy food from home, right? Foods that agree with your body, part of your perfect you plan. If you're a part of my Fed and Fit project online, you know what that means. Or if you've read the Fed and Fit book, you know what that means. But foods that align with your perfect you plan, if we're eating those foods the majority of the time, then it's easier to hold on to positivity. It's empowering. And it's not until we stop doing that, right? And we go out and, or, or we, we just, we let go of all caution when it comes to food and nutrition. And we kind of lose, we lose a little bit of that positive edge. It's not until that point that we realize how much it helped, but it does help, right? Other healthy choices we make are with regard to fitness. Physical fitness activities has a huge impact on our healthy output. Now that's not, not our mindset. That's not to say specifically, I'm not just talking about the endorphins that we get, right? Those positive, healthy hormones that help. We really, really exercise physically does make you happier. That's true. And it always brings me back to that L. Woods quote uh, from Legally Blonde that, you know, endorphins make you happy and happy people just don't shoot their husbands. They just don't. <laughs> so I'm not just specifically speaking about the physiology of exercise helping to make you happier or more positive, but it's also by going out and doing something for yourself like physical fitness is an empowering act. When you put yourself out there and you say, you know what, I'm gonna write down that I'm gonna go to that noon CrossFit class and come hell or high water, I'm gonna make it there. You put the benefit of the exercise aside, you put the benefit of all the healthy hormones that come out of it aside, 
One of the, the biggest win in that activity is that you did it, you said you were going to do it, and you did it. That's huge. That does huge things for our personal outlook, how validated we feel to ourselves. It is, is a sign that we take care of ourselves, and that's an incredibly empowering thing to do, and that feeds a positive outlook tremendously. So don't underestimate that. Another healthy choice is with regard to the people we surround ourselves with, whether that's the people at your job or the people, your friends, right? We have the choice to, to choose aside from immediate family, maybe. And even then there's some wiggle room, but we have the power. We have control over the people we let into our lives. Okay, so if there's a toxic relationship out there, you have the power to get out of it. Okay, so make healthy choices. Make healthy decisions on who you spend your time with. If you if there's a group of girlfriends that you have and they you love them, I'm sure that there's wonderful things about them, but when you go out with them, you go out to dinner, you come, let's say, let's just hear it to paint a scenario because I've been there. You say, I'm going to go out to dinner with this group of people and I'm going to go and I'm going to have, I'm only going to order healthy things off the menu. I'm going to have one, maybe one and a half glasses of wine and then that's it. And then I'm going home and they're going to go out and that's fine. And then you get into that environment and well-meaning or not, maybe they berate you for your healthy choices and eventually sometimes it's just too much and you just give in and you dive into the cheesy crab dip and the cheesy bread and you go ahead and agree on splitting a pizza with them and you go ahead and agree on that fifth cocktail for the night and then by that point you're like, oh, what the heck, let's throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm gonna go out to the bar with them too, right? And it just turns into the slippery slope and it snowballs. And all of a sudden you wake up the next morning and you feel terrible because you didn't honor what you said you were going to do. Not as, And you probably feel terrible physically as well, but emotionally you didn't do what you said you were going to do. So instead of beating yourself up over that experience, I say use that as fuel to make a healthy decision in the future. Would you then, you have the power to actually show up and go to that dinner. So you have the option of not going. If going and being around those people is too much of a temptation, then don't go. Don't go. Offer to meet up with them for an early morning spin class instead so you can still spend time with those people. But if the circumstance is too tempting, you have the power to make a healthy decision and not go. Make other plans for dinner. Okay? So healthy choices like that, those are things where if you just remember that of the things that you can control, control them. And you will feel so much better for it, not just physically, but mentally. Okay, um, let's see. I think another thing that really helps with positivity and keeping a healthy outlook is um, building in some alone time, okay? Now, I'm an extrovert. All of the personality tests in the whole wide world say that I'm an extrovert, all right? But even I know that it's important sometimes to have alone time. It's important sometimes to, and the difference between an extrovert and an introvert is kind of revolves around how, how does your tank get filled up, right? When you come home from a big, let's say a big activity or a big meeting, or for me, like a big book signing. When I got back to the hotel room after a book signing, I was jazzed. I had so much energy. I was ready to go out and talk with more people. After a book signing, I'd want to sit there and talk with the hotel attendant, or I'd want to stay up and chat with Diane Sanfilippo, who was my travel partner, um, another fellow author. 
I was jazzed. Being around people fills my cup up, fills my energy up. But I also need alone time. I need to allow my stress levels to help subside a little bit, right? And that doesn't mean that I was stressed out, but I need to reduce some stressors, okay? So sitting down, being quiet, whether that's um, reading a book or going for a very long walk or whatever it is, I needed some alone time, even as an extrovert. Introverts need even more alone time. An introvert would feel drained by that much of a group activity or that much being around people. And so they, to fill their cup up emotionally, Alone time really helps do that for them. They feel jazzed and energized after maybe they've been home for a day or they had a day off, okay? Um, I'm not talking necessarily about the emotional benefits of being alone, but more so about the benefits of reducing your stress level. So keep that in mind. If you are an extrovert, it's good to kind of have quiet time. Um, And then on the other hand, another thing that I've used to help stay positive is being around people. Being around people, looking people in the eyes. I work from home. I say this all the time, but I work from home with my puppy dog, Gus. Luckily, my husband also offices from home. So we get to see each other, but we ha- it's an effort to get out. I don't just run into people at the office and I have to get out and I have to go see people. And a part of that is accomplished by going to the gym. A part of that is accomplished by going to the grocery store. I get to inter- interact with you know human beings then or going to the, the coffee shop. And sometimes I'll just go eat lunch out. Um, but scheduling time with people. So that can also help fill you up. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, it can be really healthy to have people time. So maybe that means if you're a mom, you're a very busy mom, you're working and you have kids and you have husbands and you feel like it's been ages since you've had a girls weekend, don't feel like you have to go out and schedule a whole girls weekend to have quality people time. Just schedule a dinner with a girlfriend once every month or once every two weeks or whatever you can manage. Schedule some time with another human being that's outside your norm. And that will really help. It it provides a kind of comfort and a touch point with another human being, another adult out there. So I think that's important as well. Okay, Um, I only have two things left for you uh, to tips to help stay more positive. One of them is finding some order and a rhythm in your life, right? Human beings, by nature, we are averse to change. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, right? Let's give change, the let's give our aversion to change the benefit of the doubt, right? Let's employ tip number one. What are, what are some ways that we can really ride that wave? What are some ways that we can realize what we can control? If human beings, by nature, are averse to change, because some change is great, right? Some change is good. If we're trying to get healthy, we know that we're going to have an aversion to it. We, aren't, we know we're not going to be super psyched about not ordering pizza tonight and instead having chicken and broccoli. Um, so that's that's the kind of change we're averse to. We're averse to family changes, shifts in relationships. We're averse to shifts in politics. All of the things, right? All the things, all the changes that can feel uncomfortable and cause anxiety. So what can we control, right? What's the perspective here? What can we control when it comes to change um, is we can establish some order, some orderliness, some routine, and that really helps offer some comfort. It really does. So whether that means you invest in a planner, I've talked about on Snapchat, uh, you guys helped me find my planner, I really love it. It's by Emily Lay, it's her simplified planner, it's fabulous. 
Um, whether that's a planner that you write in every night or you write in every morning to help plan your day that really helps me streamline, right? I am this big hippy dippy. I have all these ideas, all these <laughs> things in my mind that I wanna do. I wanna do all the things, but writing it down offers me some comfort. It really does. Or maybe order is in the fact of reorganizing your pantry. It sounds so silly, but it's true. Think about if you have a very orderly pantry, you go from a really messy one to a really organized one, it probably brings you a little bit of joy every time you go in there and every time you're looking for some a piece of food or something, right? Probably brings you a little bit of joy. So why not? Why not go for it? Why not organize? Why not give yourself that little bitty piece of joy? I'm not saying that an organized pantry or a day planner is going to make or break your day when it comes to a positive outlook, but it can help. It sure sure as heck can't hurt, okay? So organize your office drawers, organize your pantry, organize your closet, give away some clothes, simplify, plan, streamline, organize your day, set up a schedule as best you can. And I guarantee it will help. So a little bit of order also helps with positivity. And then the last tip I have makes me think about my sweet papa. He's my grandfather on my dad's side, and he was one of the sweetest, most positive men I've ever met. Papa, in all my knowing him, never had a bad day. Now, I'm sure he had bad days, but just like me, and in a lot of ways, I guess I'm in this podcast, you guys, I'm realizing what a role model my papa is for me. Um, He passed away when I was in my early 20s, and after, and my, na- my nana, my grandmother on that side passed away a few years earlier from Alzheimer's. Man, my grandfather, oh my gosh, I hope I don't get teary up because that doesn't make for a good podcast voice. <laughs> frog voice, teary frog voice does not make for a good show. Um, but man, they were just incredible people. And I know they had their ups and downs. Uh, he was a World War II vet. He went over there in Germany. He was there on D-Day. Um, he left two boys Uh, My Nana behind when he went and did that, he came back and he made airplane parts. Until the day he died, he worked. He worked for a company in San Antonio, Texas called Alamo Aircraft. And out of his shop in his very humble garage, he had these huge machines. Um, If anybody listening is familiar with machinery, for example, he had this big lathe. A lathe is essentially like, (laughs) I hope I don't get this wrong, but it's like a big drill that will drill into uh, big pieces of metal. And he would make these specialty nuts and bolts for these specialty pieces of aircraft. He was just such a handy guy, so handy. And he just worked tirelessly. He was such a sweet, sweet man. And something that he always told me was, you're never done learning. You're never done learning. He was so excited, always excited to learn new things. He lived on the other side of town from me. I'm lucky that I grew up in the same city, at least as my grandparents on both sides. And we would meet up every every week for family dinner. And then when after my Nana passed away, I decided to take some summer classes at a community college over by my papa so that I could go spend time with him. I loved him so much. And I would, I took an early class at 7 a.m. And uh, I was, gosh, what were the classes? Now I can't even remember. Um, Gosh, maybe one was calculus or something like that. Anyways, it was really fun. I really loved the classes that I took over there. And I believe it was between, it was the summers when I was coming back from Texas A&M University. And those classes were only two or three days a week, but I would go over, they were 7 a.m. So I would go over the night before because it was a 45 minute drive from our house. 
And so I would go over the night before, I would get there, I would either show up with dinner and the two of us would have dinner together um, or I'd show up after dinner, whatever it was, we would hang out for a few minutes, we'd go to bed and then I'd wake up the next morning, my papa had would get up early and I'd hear him shuffling around in the house and I would wake up and come into the kitchen and he already had made me breakfast, he already had coffee ready for me, we'd sit down and we'd have breakfast together really early and then I'd leave by 6.30 so that I could be at my 7 a.m. class on time and he would we would sit there at our dinners the night before or at breakfast in the morning and I would and he would just ask me these questions about what I was learning and he was curious he wasn't trying to just humor his granddaughter on her classes and what he was what she was learning in school he really wanted to know he really wanted to know the things I was learning about and everything that I told him he just got this almost Santa Claus twinkle in his eye fascination and he would say wow that's cool I use the word heck a lot and it become it comes from my papa he would say heck and he'd say boy howdy boy howdy that is interesting and he'd ask me more questions and he'd giggle and he was so cute and he had such a joyful spirit and anyway so what I learned from him, I'm trying really hard not to cry, what I learned from him was the importance of having that youthful spirit and the desire to learn and to know that you're never done learning. He was a self-proclaimed, he'd say, I'm a forever student. He's a forever student of life. He's a forever student of actual education and, and academic topics. He was a forever student of methods and learning how to do new things, a forever student of meeting new people. And I think that if you approach life as if you're never done learning, then learning new things will not come as difficulty. It doesn't come to you as an obstacle to overcome. Learning new things comes to you as a really fun, joyful activity. And that really is the last tip I have for you for keeping a healthy outlook. Know that we're never done learning things about the world, about ourselves, about our friends, or about humanity at general. We're never done learning about faith or about our belief on the world and our perspective overall. We're never done learning and that's a great thing, right? So hold on to that experience, whether that means that we read a lot of books, whether that means we watch really fun educational videos or we enroll in actual classes, or we get out there and we just, just submerge ourselves. And even with nutrition science, I'm constantly trying to learn new things so that I can, of course, relay it to you. But I'm also just darn curious. I'm just fascinated, right? So holding on to that youthful spirit, we're never done learning, we're forever students, can really help us feel more positive, more empowered, and more like we're choosing to learn things. The world isn't just throwing things at us that we have to digest. We're out there and we're eager and we're hungry for more. And you never have to let go of that. My papa was in his uh, in his 80s when he passed away and and he was so excited just to always learn new things. Even in the hospital, he was giggling with nurses and learning about their stuff. And um, anyways, we never have to let go of that. And it can really do wonders for the long term. So I hope you found this. I hope you found this episode helpful. It was one that's very near and dear to my heart, if you can't tell. And uh, in the very least, whether you found something in all of my tips or maybe one of my tips, I hope that it helps relieve some of the burden, right? At the end of the day, don't, I just don't want you to feel too heavy by negativity. I want you to be empowered. I want you to be, I want your load to lighten a little bit, your steps to be a little bit lighter, and I'm doing everything I can to give you all of my knowledge that I've got. So thank you so much for joining me on today's show. I will be back again next week.